Hi, and welcome to the Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. <laughs> and uh, today's emergency pod is about, you know, only a, a, a very minor occurrence in the history of our nation. Uh, it's... Um, I was going to make some joke about American Idol, but I don't know anything about American <laughs> Idol to make a joke about. Um, but yeah, today is the day when uh, former President Donald J. Trump became the first former American president to be indicted on criminal charges. <laughs> if you If you had told me in 2016, early 2017, when I was literally like crying my eyes out, like I also just want to say like, I have all the same grievances that everybody else does with Donald Trump, but mine particularly was that once once we lose touch with a shared reality, right? Like as soon as he started doing the fake news shit, I was like, this guy is the mascot for I will bend reality to what I want it to be and never let go of that, let it out of that shape. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm I've been crushed by that feeling. I'm just dead inside. And it's insane to me that there's a criminal charge. I have so many more worries about the bad side of things that are going to come out. But first of all, 34 felonies, Matt. What what charges are we looking at? How much time are we talking about? So it's 34 counts of the same crime. Great. Uh falsification of business records um in the first degree uh in New York. So Usually falsification of business records in the second degree is a misdemeanor. Mm. However, it becomes under New York state law, a felony, which is what they're charging here in the first degree. When you're falsifying the business records with the intent to hide or commit a crime. Womp womp. Yeah. Like, so, like I said before, yeah. I, if, if it's, if there are 34 that they are charged with in this high profile of a case, it must be, they must have had to use a silicone spatula to scrape the evidence off to get to just the thing in the middle, you know? Yeah, it's actually, like, pretty simple when you put it all together. Like, this is, this is, so, first, people might ask, why this? Why are they charging charging falsification of business records in association with the Stormy Daniel payment? Like, why this particular charge? And the reason is, New York state law has a quirk where they don't have wire fraud or mail fraud statutes. Hmm. So instead, these kind of crimes get charged under the falsification of business record statutes, while in other jurisdictions, it might be under a mail fraud or wire fraud statute. And that's just why to be clear, this particular charge. As I'm a big, stupid, uh, civil idiot, um, wire fraud is basically anything that happens over a phone line and now also internet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to in for the purpose of defrauding someone else. In this case, um, you know the state of New York. In because we're dealing with the uh, business records, um, and this is for those of you who don't remember. This is because uh, Trump claimed a, uh, a a retainer agreement with Michael Cohen. Uh, Michael Cohen paid money to Stormy Daniels for the hush money cover up, and then Trump. To in that, under the cover of this f- fake um, retainer agreement, then reimbursed Cohen for this payment to Stormy Daniels. So you can see how this would have to create a paper trail, right? Yes. So um, 
the 34 counts all stem from these series of transactions from setting up uh, the, the bank account under false pretenses to pay Stormy Daniels from to the fake retainer agreement to the, the checks from the Trump organization uh, to Cohen, et cetera, et cetera. Each one of those entries, right, is what constitutes each of the 34 different counts. Um, gotcha. Okay. In the indictment. Can I ask a qu- can I ask a stupid question as again a big dumb civilian? Sure. Why <laughs> I'm going to shit if the answer to this is because he's stupid and bad at crime. But why why not pay Michael Cohen $200,000, call it a retainer, right? And then he pays the 130k, right? Like why why pay him $130,000? And him also then just turn around and move. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like there is a dead simple way of just like at least creating plausible deniability, you know? I would honestly say it's because Trump is cheap and doesn't like paying extra. I I just. Right. (laughs) Um, I agree with you. There are much better ways to try to obfuscate this. Um, and this is the old saying, it's like, we don't catch the smart criminals, we catch the dumb ones. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, and this is th- this is incredibly stupid, um, because it's so incredibly obvious. I mean, I have to be say here, like, the law is very clearly on New York State's side. Yeah. This is just an objective analysis of the case shows that New York brings dozens of these suits every year. Right? Uh, this is yeah. not... People might claim this is unprecedented. No, no. This is a very common charge (laughs) in the state of New York. And most of those cases are actually harder to prove, right? (sighs) So there is some attempt, some, you know, I, does this, does this, do you think, again, I'm, I'm working on four hours of sleep over 48, uh, (laughs) but it, it seems like. I'm sorry to keep sounding like a broken record, but when you have a Sesame Street villain named after you, it seems like you might have created a culture in which your fraud is so entrenched in your sort of persona that like, let me, let me ask, let me ask a different question. Why now? So there are a few different reasons. Um, The first is, is that they, had been pursuing a few different angles. DA Bragg's office had been pursuing a few different angles. But the biggest thing is that they had to get full documentation from the Trump organization internally of all of these various transactions. And that takes time. Yeah. Right. And especially with Trump stonewalling, luckily they had, they flipped Alan Weisselberg. Um, They flipped uh, Michael Cohen, who, by the way, then uh, th- that's important. Michael Cohen's role in this is important for um, reasons we're going to talk about in a minute. And also, I'm going to be honest that like these process, they wanted to make sure they had everything absolutely as nailed down as possible so that the case would be as airtight and clean as possible when going in. And COVID slowed this down. I think these would have been brought substantially earlier if it hadn't been for the pandemic and how it impacted um, prosecutors' workloads and the and the way that the the courts have handled their caseloads. Okay, <clears throat> okay. Uh, now back to back to my original. The thing that I 
again, as an extremely sleep deprived, just THC soaked person at this point, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to keep the amount of coffee and Adderall I have on board from giving me a panic attack. And I may have overshot a little bit. Um, this just seems so extraordinarily easy to prosecute. But again, I'm, I'm sitting here being nobody, right? Yes or no. You are entirely correct. <laughs> Yay. I mean, like, just security. So a bunch of, I mean, Ryan Goodman, Norman Eisen, uh, Siobhan Watt, Joshua Kolb, and Joshua Stanton, all very, very good, smart lawyers, basically said, like, the law, quote, the law is firmly on the side of the DA. Like, let's just be straightforward. That, like, New York State, because of its lack of wire fraud and mail fraud statutes, construes the statute for falsification of business records very widely. Yep. So they don't need to show that there was some harm to the state of New York or anything like that. They just have to show, right, that this was, these were fraudulent, that these were intentionally made to misrepresent the truth about these transactions. And this is something that the Supreme Court on many occasions because of the narrowing of federal corruption statutes and these sorts of things, has generally left to the states to handle. So this is not a place where the Supreme Court should or has historically stepped in. They've yeah. let the states sort of uh, uh, um, enforce these kinds of laws historically. And by the way, for those of you who are keeping records, this is um, this is uh, New York State Penal Law 175.10, of the New York penal code. Um, and there's a long history of prosecuting these cases. The only thing that is questionable, and we had brought this up in the previous one is the, is the second part of the statute. We have a clear intent to defraud. We know that these are false. The question is the intent to cover up or commit another crime. And that's what elevates it to a, uh, a felony. And that's also what extends the statute of limitations. So I want to be clear here. I'm just, you know, do you remember when the P tape came out and you're like, no way, absolutely not. Like, I would love it if it were true, right? For it to come around and the, and the actual felonious offense have to do with the most philandering person on earth who like is like, Hey, yeah. Uh, good morning, America. I would love to do an interview with uh, my mistress who is now my wife. Like I would love to tell a cutesy meet cute story about cheating on my first wife with this bitch over here. Like nope. of all the people on earth that of all the crimes that this is going to take him, take them down. Right. Like I, I, I need the writers of season 2023 to fucking chill out. <laughs> this actually is has a lot of historical precedent that for example like a lot of famous mobsters wound up in jail not for murder but for tax evasion yeah like in a classic example so there are flashier cases out there there's the federal prosecution that's ongoing investigation that's on ongoing there's the investigation in georgia for that's for undermining um the 2020 election right? Attempting to undermine and overturn the 2020 election. But generally these sort of low hanging fruit are where the legal system actually makes the biggest impact yeah. uh, on these sort of big name public figures because the law is so straightforward yep. and it's very easy to show that the law is treating them the same way 
that it treats everybody else. That if if Metal Honey Foods did business in New York and did not and and hid five hundred thousand dollars, hundred thirty thousand dollars in sales to not pay taxes, yeah. that's under this statute, right? Yeah. If you uh, were committing insurance fraud in New York under this statute, there was someone who was prosecuted under the statute for um, welfare for claiming they had a dependent when they didn't have a dependent to defraud the, 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 the welfare uh, system. Bam. Same thing. Treating people the same way. You're falsifying records, right, with the intent to conceal another crime, whether it's yeah. tax evasion, whether it's claiming um, uh, 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 benefits um, that you shouldn't otherwise get. Straightforward. Here we have clear, uh, clear uh, fraudulent business records. And the second part is where things get tricky because the claim is under these, like we had stated, most likely it was to avoid um, violating campaign law, hmm. campaign finance law, yep. which is what Michael Cohen pled guilty to. Because again, this was an attempt to hide the, the Stormy Daniels affair um, from the press, from the public to help Donald Trump's 2016 presidential bid. That was the purpose. Which, again, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am tired. But if Donald Trump had instead just saved $130,000, come out and talked about it with a bunch of slow pan shots up Stormy Daniels' body while Highway to the Danger Zone uh, played in the background, like, that would have inevitably enhanced his campaign, right? Like, I don't... What I don't understand is... Why why was this even worth covering up in the first place? It's Donald fucking Trump. I think it was because with the double whammy of the of the the mm. the tapes about whatever it's yeah. called the Access Hollywood or whatever it yeah. was, he was already under fire for being a gross creep. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so he was worried about this just sort of pushing him over the tipping point. And um what an idiot. Yeah, and you're right that if Donald Trump had done that, this case doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? That this is not some sort of deep state or, you know, deep state plot. This is not, um, you know, Democrats ginning up charges. No, this is Donald Trump stepping on a rake. Yeah. <laughs> right? What? No, it's Donald Trump finally stepping on a rake after running for hundreds of miles, after running an ultra marathon through a field of densely clustered rakes and by some goddamn miracle for 70 plus years has avoided stepping on one. And finally, finally, when everyone's almost given up that he's ever going to step on a rake, he jumps on two with both feet. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah and and I, I, I think that's the most straightforward way to think about this is that he fucked up by have, doing the thing with Stormy Daniels. He fucked up paying her off to try to silence her. And he fucked up in the way that he tried to do it. Yeah. Right? That there are a million ways for him to pay this money that don't violate the law. This happens all the time. That, like, the normal way you do it is you just pay the person. You don't try to channel it through your attorney uh, in a fake retainer agreement. No, yeah. you just cut the check. Yeah. Right. But if he cuts the check, then it's a clear violation of campaign finance law. Right. Because oh he God. is essentially because he's doing this to further his campaign. Right. So because he's not trying to cover up a crime, having an affair with Stormy Daniels is not a crime. Uh, again, 
his base would have thought it was awesome. Like there's, you don't like my, it's the, it's one of my favorite jokes in office space. What would you do with a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. Like Donald Trump (laughs) is again, he's a, a poor person's idea of a rich person, a stupid person's idea of a smart person and an unsuccessful person's idea of a successful person. And if he had just been like, yeah, man, I was banging two chicks at the same time. Her puss was all torn up. It was nasty. A bunch of dudes at home would have been like, right on brother. Yeah. (laughs) And like, that's, I think, the ultimate silliness of all of this. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene was in New York, um, you know, quote unquote, protesting. And thank God, I have to thank all of the Trump supporters for uh, uh, being sane about this and not causing a big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, That, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene was doing her ridiculous thing. But by and large, everybody shrugged because this if you look at it, even the barest glance at reality, this seems like a pretty normal prosecution. Yep. The only difference is that Trump used to be president, but that doesn't, the arguments that, you know, Mitch McConnell and others made when during the Trump um, impeachments was that if he committed crimes, we don't have to impeach him. Just the justice system will take care of it. Once he's out of office. Yep. Well, here we are. The justice system is, is taking care of it now that he's out of office. Yeah. Um, the only potential rake, uh, the only potential uh, like landmine that I could see really causing a stumbling block in the prosecution is the statute of limitations, mm. because these things happened in February of 2017. The statute of limitations would be up sometime in 2020, 2021, 2022. But New York State basically told it's called told, but basically froze um, the statute, the running of the statute of limitations um, due to the pandemic Yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So the, I think the, the most plausible defense Trump has is the statute of limitations is up. These cases should have been brought earlier. Yeah. That's, that's a serious issue of law that the judge will have to decide. I think ultimately the judge will decide, that this is um, a reasonable case by the prosecutor to claim that the statute of limitations should have been extended because of the pandemic and extenuating circumstances. But there is a reasonable argument against that. Also to get it to be a felony um, and extend the statute of limitations from three years to five years in the first place, it has to be for another crime. The crime being claimed here is a federal crime not a state crime because it's a violation of campaign finance law. That's an interesting wrinkle. Can that crime, a federal crime be used as the hook, right? To fulfill um, the felony requirement for the first degree. um, And then making it a felony and and extending the uh, statute of limitations in the state court. Can that federal crime be used as the hook to satisfy the requirements of the state court law uh, of the state law? Reasonable. I think that the answer is yes. Yeah. But I think there's a reasonable defense to be made here. Yeah. But I think those are really the only two major legal issues. I think if the DA is able to surmount both of those obstacles, everything else here, all the facts here line up. Um, and it's sort of incontrovertible. <laughs> Can I ask the forbidden question? Mm-hmm. Is trump going to jail it's hard to say um so each of the counts it can't holds a maximum penalty of up to four years 
So theoretically, it's 34 times 4. Yep. Right? Trump is not going to serve that. Right. First of all, he would die. Um, like, <laughs> very fast. The hook here, I, I, I want to clarify for the lawyers out here, because I know we have several lawyers as listeners, um, that in the statute to elevate uh, uh, the, the, quote, conduct for which a sentence to a term of imprisonment or to a fine is provided by any law of this state or by any law, local law or ordinance of a political subdivision of this state or by any order, rule or regulation of any governmental instrumentality authorized by law to adopt the same. That's the language that they're using to fulfill um, the the fraud in uh, intent to defraud in uh, continuance of a crime or to hide a crime. Note that the first two deal with laws of the state or local laws. That's not applying, right? Because we're talking about a violation of federal law. So it would have to be the third one. Any rule, any order, rule, or regulation of any governmental instrumentality authorized by law to adopt the same. So this, to me, doesn't limit it to the state. And Congress is authorized to adopt laws. And they, they, they're the ones who put in the campaign finance laws. And therefore, it should include federal crimes. If the New York State legislature like wanted to limit it to only New York State law, they would have said so clearly in the statute. Yeah. Right? Since they didn't, I think that's the argument Um that's the argument here that they do fulfill that hook. I can see the argument saying, well, they didn't specifically say that federal crimes were included. But again, given the fact that generally the courts have construed this statute very broadly, yeah. and that's been upheld oh, time and time and time again, there's I see no reason to construe this narrowly just because. Um, but again, I, I, I bring this up because these are the arguments that we should be expecting to see. That's a reasonable argument for Trump's team uh, to bring up. I think they're going to probably put it exactly that way. It doesn't say federal crimes, therefore it doesn't fulfill that third prong. I know lawyers love using words like prong. Um, um, But like, again, I think that given a good reading of the way that New York state has handled these sort of statutes in the past, I think that to be consistent, it would have to be construed broadly and the DA should win uh, on this uh, particular issue. But this is sort of a novel legal issue to be brought up before the state. We can talk about the Supreme Court and how it might handle it in a minute. But I just, you know, if other lawyers out there disagree with me, like write in, let us know at Perp Stew, like drop me a line on Facebook. I think that's worthy uh, of discussion because it is genuinely a, a, an issue of law that that uh, can be brought up. I have another question, Matt. Mm-hmm. Why don't I feel anything about this? <laughs> that is not an issue of law. Um, <laughs> the courts can't decide. Um, so I was talking to someone today and they were just like, look, I hate Trump and I am tired of hating Trump. Yes. Um, yes. I'm tired of all thoughts coming from born of or relating to Trump and like, okay. So my, I was at, I went over to my mom's house uh, today and my mom and dad's house, they live together. They're married. Um, uh, And my mom who was originally a 2016 Trump voter thinking that this was all a campaign show. I shit you not. Like the people that my mom gives the benefit of the doubt to are um, let's just say questionable. Um, 
it, it makes but, you wonder about her judgment. Yeah, like all the wrong people getting the benefit of the doubt. But anyway, um, my mom, who thought he was going to like reform and become a, you know, a serious, he was just being bombastic for the sake of a campaign. Uh, no, he's just a dumbass. It turns out he's just a dumbass with about as much impulse control as a four-year-old, which might even be an insult to four-year-olds. Um, and my mom said, I'm just worried he's going to campaign off this. I'm worried that he is, this is only going to help him and it's only going to broaden it. And what I said was to her, and I want your response to what I said to her. Uh, I said, you know, everybody's worked with somebody who has um, martyr syndrome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody has worked with a person who has persecution complex and like you might entertain it just like kind of keep things moving after a while. But at some point you're like, stop. Like, I'm mm -hmm. so fucking sick of this. I'm so fucking sick of hearing your whining and your do like, do you think that Trump's supporters will separate now into officially like fully only exclusively people with the same persecution complex, yeah. right? Like, it's not that I failed my drug test at work. It's that the system is against me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Partially because the facts of the case here are so stark. Yeah. It's really hard to deny. And um, I think also because the charges are simple. Yeah. Uh, I think that helps. And there are so many examples of people in their lives they can think of who's falsified records, who should be yeah. prosecuted for it. Like, like insurance fraud. If someone files a false insurance claim, yes, they should be prosecuted for this. Yeah. So it's it's the same thing. So I think that really helps that this is not a complicated statute. It's not a complicated idea. I think that, for example, like, and it's also not about the 2020 election, which has already yeah. been poisoned. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, that uh, in Georgia, D.A. Willis's, um, Fonnie Willis's uh, investigation there could be seen as a partisan thing, right? Yeah. Because it goes around partisan politics. And this isn't, right? Yeah this is just much cleaner. So I think you're right. I also think your mom is right that he's going to try to campaign on this. Yeah. By um, the way, did, yeah. did you, uh, did you notice that I was really relieved to see that there was no perp walk and no yeah. mugshot because you know that that mugshot would have gone on a fundraising newsletter within 90 seconds. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, I thought that the understated way it was handled was precisely how it should be. This should be yeah. treated in terms like by the legal system as a sort of like everyday prosecution. This is yep. not some giant circus. This is prosecution for a relatively normal crime that gets charged dozens of times every year by New York state courts. Um, so there's, there doesn't need to be any circus around it. Um, people were saying, you know, why wasn't, why didn't he have to pay bail? Number one, um, New York State bail laws are a joke anyway. The amount that he would be, we would have been asked, would have been virtually nothing. And second, like he's being treated he's Donald, consistently. Yeah, he's also Donald fucking Trump. Yeah. Like you know, there's there's not a lot of flight risk when every single person on Earth knows your face. Exactly. That like if the judge is looking at this, they're saying you're you're not a flight risk. These are not. There's no risk of you trying to like you know keep yourself out of this. Like you turned yourself in voluntarily. There's no worry about it. And under the bail reforms in New York, like he's being treated very consistently yeah. as another defendant, which again, 
I applaud. He is a private citizen. Treat him the same way as everyone else. And um, the, and the a- bail system's fucked anyway. You know, like the you know he's exactly the person that the bail system was created to let out of. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, precisely. So it wouldn't. It doesn't materially make a difference. I liked. Yeah. I like seeing him treated fairly and equally by the system the way it's supposed to happen. He's going to, of course, claim all sorts of crazy shit, but anybody who watched the proceedings, as you said, no perp walk, no mugshot, no one can claim that this was made into a circus um, by Democrats or the courts or something like that. Like there's just, there's no way to sensationalize it because it wasn't treated as a sensation. Um, And I, I think that that's all to the good. I like seeing the justice system work the way it's supposed to. And I really like every effort that can be made to deny the the Trump cult of visuals of, you know, just like you said of of like a show of bombast, right? Like in QAnon, I'm sorry, we're back. Uh <laughs> in QAnon there's this phrase that comes up that's it's all a movie is what they always say because like this explains a lot of the disconnection from reality, right? Like sure. but if they had given it the law and order treatment, right? Like this only would have fed into the greater delusion, which like is, you know, getting, getting Trumpers to like meet us on, on any sort of middle ground of reality is already like, I would say a challenge most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's been, you know, at some point Trump's just going to be an old man. You know what I mean? Like f- by some goddamn miracle of wealth, he's going to live into his 90s because they all fucking do. Because why won't Henry Kissinger die? I, um, I actually think he might already be dead. <laughs> like he's such an animated sack of cockroaches that like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, he his body is fully animated by the souls of the Cambodian children who he blew into pieces. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, um, you know, he's going to live until he's 90 and he's going to be an old man, right? Like, and regardless of whether or not he's in prison, out of prison, in the MAGA world, their their definition of what a quote unquote a real man is, is so narrow and shallow that like they're going to discard him at some point anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? You asked before, is he going to go to jail? The answer is if he gets convicted, probably, but not yeah. for very long. Right. I was going to say flat out. You know, he's facing over a total maximum penalty of over 100 years. Given that he would be the first, oddly, he would be a first-time offender. Um, Right? It's a (laughs) nonviolent crime. Um, There's not a substantial amount of money at stake, right? Especially to the state. There's probably not, for each charge, you're not going to see a lot of time. Yeah. I would be surprised if he did any significant time beyond a year or two at all. But for a man his age, that's a lot, yep. you know, and, and any if, type of jail time, I think is any time of incarceration for any period of time, I think is substantial psychologically. Yeah. I was going to say for a gilded ceilings guy, you know, getting, you know, a cotton, a cotton three hots is going to be a shock to the system. But crucially with that time frame, right? Like let's say he does just get like a year or two in jail. Right. So by the time he gets, sentence and actually goes crucially he will miss the window to run for president in 2024 which like you can i'm sure oh my god there's going to be so many conspiracies of course but like there's going to be conspiracies anyway and technically he can run from jail there's no law that prevents the president from being incarcerated um Uh, that's what we you know what i was going to be sad about that but that's exactly what we deserve that's exactly what we deserve as a nation 
Um, I, I do have to say though, that like, I think that it would shave off enough points from him that he, that he would, he would not be able to win. His margin is thin, is very, very razor thin already. Um, I don't, I think that even if it shaved off two percentage points, 2% of Republicans, that would be enough, right. Um, to make, to make it impossible for him to win. But I think there are also Republicans out there like your mom who are at a point now where they just need an excuse to not vote for him. That's plausible in their social circles. Yeah. Um, and like, he's in jail. I feel like (laughs) for this crime, we all understand, like, um, I think that people who can, can easily say, you know, sure. I don't like, didn't like Biden, but like, I can't vote for the felon. Right. Okay. That's a clean line. Um, that also might mean that DeSantis gets the nomination, but all of these things I think would be healthy developments for the country that like politicians in other countries and even in the United States go to get prosecuted and go to jail all the time. If they yep. commit crimes, yep. we've just exempted the president for some reason. Well, you know, everybody wants to compare this to Nixon, right? And like, let's go through it. You and I, us, us, we're, do you know, do you realize that we're on TikTok? Like we're the elder generation, yes. like, like, you know, telling the stories of ye old times and our vast history. Yeah. But uh, when Nixon got uh, caught at Watergate, uh, the details of that are breaking into the Watergate hotel to steal a bunch of campaign secrets from the Democratic National Convention or committee convention. I'm committee. tired. Uh, committee. Yes. Um, and the, the Republican party at the time convinced Nixon that the, I mean, the classy thing to do, and I guess it was, was just resign, like resign the presidency, just leave, just like you were caught. Like there was this weird, you know, only in the seventies gentleman's agreement of just like, wow, you fucked up so bad and so publicly. So like, instead of us having to do a campaign where we ruin your life, why don't you just go away? You just go away. You're not going to get any libraries. You're not going to get any things named after you, but go away. And Trump said, hey, uh, I just shit my pants. You guys want to see it? And then he reached down the back of his pants and started throwing it. So different, different, different guy. And also the Republicans during Watergate, Nixon asked them, like, will I be convicted if I get impeached? And they said, yes, we'll vote to convict you. And that, I think, is the difference, that if Republican, if Mitch McConnell had said to Trump, look, resign or we're going to vote with the Democrats to convict you, Trump would have resigned. Like, that is the, the that is what would have happened. The difference is not necessarily whether or not, you know, Nixon wanted to get away with it more than Trump. It's that the party itself has changed and the leadership is substantially more cowardly yep. now than it, than it was then. But, like, the crimes that as bad as Nixon's crimes were, and they were bad, especially with the attempts to undermine the 2020 election, January 6th, Trump's crimes are far worse, but this is weirdly not what we're talking about now. We're just talking about like work a day, like, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, a business records thing. Like we're talking again about the hush money to a porn star. Um, But that's in some way, good yeah i i think it's good because it shows that normal crimes like not just crimes about politics but normal crimes no one's above the law yeah you just can't get away with that stuff i think that's a good thing and again like 
this is in the overall sweep of politics this is normal that like when rod blagojevich in illinois as governor tried to auction off a senate seat yep he goes to jail right he went he and his hair went to jail what was that? What was his famous quote? Like Blagojevich was another one that was like so egregious. It was like, I'm not going to give this away for fucking free. I think was like yeah. one of his statements. Yeah. He's like, it has value. Yeah. Right. Oh and God. it was just, it was just so obvious. And here again, we have this whole paper trail, right? And we have the bag man, Michael Cohen telling us, walking us through the fraud. Yeah. Like, this is as open and shut as you get because you have literally the guy with the bag telling you, oh, yeah, this bag, it's hush money, and we're lying about the retainer agreement. And two people have already pled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. two people have already, you know, taken their taken their licks. I, I wonder, I wondered when Michael Cohen was going through his trial back then, like, how do you have a career with somebody where you watch them dispose of their most loyal u- lieutenants over and over and over again? Like you helped this man screw over independent fucking piano tuners who tuned yeah. the pianos at your tacky ass hotels. You watch this man do nothing but set out to destroy the lives of people, both complicit and not complicit with his crimes. And you're like, yeah, bitch, ride or die uh how's your like how's your life how's your judgment bro but that's what cohen said anybody who thinks that trump won't turn on them eventually is is fooling themselves he turns on everyone eventually and so and cohen's just the one he he this is why the kevin mccarthy's of the world there they will get their comeuppance right it will happen so i i think what i what i hope to see from this is a very normal prosecution. Yeah. I just hope to see that the ca- that the arguments are made before the court. Trump wins or loses them. I think he'll lose them. And then they go to a trial unless Trump decides to plea out. I think he would be wise to, if he makes his arguments, he loses them. They go to trial. I think he'd be yeah. wise to plea. I don't think he will. I think he wants the trial. I think the trial should be handled quickly, judiciously. Yeah. There's not a ton of complicated shit here. It won't take very long. Um, and then I don't, then I think all in all, Trump should get sent, should be found guilty. And there should be a relatively light sentence because that's what would normally happen with someone in his position. It would be a relatively light sentence. Um, but that's how the system works. Whether or not I think that's the, everybody should get a light sentence for this sort of thing is beside the point. I just want it to be handled in a normal way. Um, I think I think what's important about this, like in a state in a state like New York, I listened to this author talk one time about living in Washington, D.C., in New York. Right. And like everybody in D.C. thinks they have the power. And then you get up to New York and they're like, how fucking stupid. Like you fucking towny little senators, you adorable <laughs> little bitches. Like, you know, you like I think there is a real value Again, I was just talking to my mom about this. You know, I said, like, we were talking about fraud. Again, broadly, broadly supported across all across the aisle. We should fucking prosecute bankers who commit crimes. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she, she was like, I was like, you know, the reason that Iceland didn't have a second because we were talking about the failure of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And they're like, what, what I said to her was because my mom loves the Wall Street Journal. I was like, do you ever read the Wall Street Journal and read about fraud after fraud after fraud and think, why can't you fucking help yourselves? Like we, we take our fucking 
regulatory eyes off you for five goddamn seconds and you crash a bank. You crashed a bank. You know what I mean? Why can't people like Trump and Weisselberg and Cohen and everybody who's just been, you know, riding on these horrible, ragged, shit-stained coattails help themselves and, like, do something legitimate with their lives? Because they've only ever been rewarded for not, right? That we didn't give them any consequences. And this was, and I think that's the important thing that like rules only work when they're enforced and enforced fairly. And the rich have done a really good job of insulating themselves from consequences. So guess what they do? They keep cheating because we don't punish them for it. And that's all I want to see here. I think most Americans across the aisle, I mean, I, you know, you know, we both spent a lot of time in the Midwest, even Republicans, (laughs) conservatives we don't agree with generally want shit to be fair yep right and a lot of time our disagreements come because they think they've been treated unfairly and often i agree with them they just disagree about who's behind it we just disagree about who's what's causing it right and i think in this case again the reason we don't see big protests the reason we don't see people rallying to trump's defense other than marjorie taylor fucking green (laughs) um is that he's being treated fairly Right. And that's all. Yeah. He went home tonight. Right. Like the only downside to everything that happened with the J sixers is they got, they did get their martyrdom arc. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they, how much, how much more fun would it have been by the way, if they did no bail for all of the J six and they all got, they all got to have their flee to Mexico exciting. You know what I mean? Like they all could have had their little adventure. That's all they really want. Then they would have gone to prison and felt like they had like their movie moment and just like maybe shut the fuck up, you know? And they would have like gotten in with like Ben Shapiro's production team and like (laughs) made a whole bunch of really shitty straight to video movies. Yeah. Um, But like, I know the judge, one of the judges who handled uh, many of the J6 defendants cases, he's Republican, he's black, he's experienced, and incredibly even-handed and he treated and he personally loathed them but he treated them fairly like he would treat any other defendant before him and some some of them were uh were not allowed uh if they were flight risk they weren't allowed out some of them were allowed to post bail uh or bond like he treated them with dignity and with the same amount of concern under the law respect under the law that he gave to everyone else so that that persecution bullshit like there's a reason why he was appointed and this is judge walton judge reggie walton wonderful man um and of course judge walton is under perpetual death threat yep along with his wife for doing his job and doing it well and acting like a real patriot like a true patriot yeah but again like i'm sitting here i think the reason this is sort of anticlimactic is that and, but I think that's a good thing. I'm saying yeah. that, like, I am actually secretly very pleased. Oh, me too. That I don't feel um, a lot about yeah. this. That that heartens me because if I'm not feeling a great way about this and I'm not seeing a huge emotional reaction uh, anywhere on the left or the right, I just see people be like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this, this seems legit, right? Um, then I think we have a hope. Yeah. of noting Trump as the aberration that he is. And, you know, as much as I dislike Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy, yeah. 
like they exist and work within a political system um, and political norms that don't threaten the immediate dissolution into fascism. Yeah. They've all, they've all learned. I will never forget that news footage of Lindsey Graham walking around the airport with all those fucking nut jobs following him and screaming at him like people that are from his own party, you know, ostensibly. And he has that look of just like both fear and confusion and like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. And I think uh, McCarthy, McConnell, Lindsay, all these people that were really happy to court that extremist vote then finally got to actually see like the full brunt of what it looks like when those fucking people turn on you and they are disconnected from reality. Like it's, you're we got to do something else and this is our chance to excise trump from our body politic in a way that doesn't make him a martyr yep and i think to me that's really important that trump's downfall needs to be the opposite of the movie yep it needs to be boring yep right oh my god how fucking funny would it be if he just gets sentenced to two years of house arrest he's not in jail he's in a luxury condo and he gets to bitch and moan and everybody's going to say like, you know, can you imagine him whining and complaining to all of his fucking, you know, country ass followers who are like, you know, barely making it on, on a two bedroom, you know, apartment or whatever. And he's bitching and moaning about how he has to be at home and his under his gilded ceilings. And Even better. Make it. He has to be under house arrest and will make the house the entirety of Mar-a-Lago. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Right. As long as you were on the grounds, you can go golfing. Right. (laughs) Do that. Be, be, be super nice to him. Can't complain. I actually want that. I want that. Yeah. It'd be perfect. And I think, Uh, I think, I think it would do two things. First, it would fulfill the law. And second, it would make it boring. And all those, you know, all those people who are desperate for this uh, persecution narrative could go visit their favorite prisoner in jail. They could just go in there and have brunch with him. And it would be like every other day, except he's got a fucking ankle monitor on. Exactly. And I'm just saying like, (laughs) do that. That's fine. Like we need to make it, make there be consequences. Yeah. While like real consequences, while at the same time, making sure that we don't turn him into a martyr. And I think that there is a, there's a fine line here, but I think we can walk it. And just sort of like, as you said, he's an old man. He's just getting older. We just need to draw this out and make him boring and keep him away from power for a few more years. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean that Ron DeSantis and others don't have their, Josh Hawley at all, don't have their own designs on destroying our democracy. But I think it does give us a template, yep. right? That Ron DeSantis is not some sort of like genius mastermind. Like he's an, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's a shameless asshole um, who is short. And so <laughs> we can um, so we can work with that. We we know how to defang those people. We can do yeah. it. We don't need to like, you know, do anything crazy or nutty. We can just use the normal bias of American politics against <laughs> short men. <laughs> right? <laughs> like there are the lovely thing about our system as fucked up as it is, is that it has enough in it that we can with a little creativity solve these problems. And I felt better today when I looked online and there wasn't this huge outpouring from the left or the right 
Like Rachel Maddow is going to gloat a little bit tonight. Like Fox News will have a minor conniption and life will go on and it'll just fizzle. I think my, you know, fingers crossed. I think it's just going to sort of fizzle itself out. The the mood on uh, right wing Twitter, which I love to just like, you know, sort of open up like a sewage hatch, like, yep, still full of turds. And the mood about the posts about Donald Trump are so mournful. They're not fired up. They're not saying, you know, like some people are like, it's a banana republic, but it's not like this is a banana republic. It's like, yeah, what do you expect from a banana republic? You know, there's a there's an element of I think like just like you said before, like there's this moment of relief where it's like, good, we can just leave him here. Like we yeah. can just drop him off here and everyone back out of the room slowly, you know, because as much as you and I are tired of hating Trump, so many conservatives are tired of defending. Him. <laughs> oh, my God. Pretending to like him. Yeah. It's like when my I remember when my brother told my mom he was getting divorced from his first wife. Her response was, oh, thank God I don't have to pretend to like her anymore. <laughs> your mom's so awesome i know but like that's probably if if trump gets if trump gets uh uh, convicted that's going to be mitch mcconnell oh thank god i don't have to pretend to like him anymore right and that's a really that will be a really healthy thing i i feel better in a very understated and muted way today i feel actually more positive uh about our political situation than i have in a while because it wasn't this big thing yeah. Um, yeah. And because it's so ordinary, it's so yeah. unexciting. Like, I wish that I were out here. You know, one of my friends uh, said, like, if the Supreme Court steps in and overturns his conviction, then, you know, the best thing that will come out of it is the your is our podcast episode wailing about the Supreme Court. <laughs> and I'm like, what I hope is that we don't wail about it, that there's nothing yeah. that it's just it's normal. We're like, oh, the Supreme Court did a sane thing. Like, yeah. And we get to we get to talk about, you know, hilarious other things. We get to make fun of Jordan Peterson for an episode like I want, you know, I I was listening to some uh, music from the um, early 2010s and from the aughts and from the 90s and stuff. And it just all seemed so normal in the 90s. (laughs) And then we had this like 9-11 happened and everybody flipped out. But then, you know, after a decade of peace. Um, you know, after a decade of no more terror attacks, you know, the 2010s come and music gets boring again. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, we could do, we could do for some boring. Can I tell you the wildest fucking shit that still like sticks out in my mind as my favorite factoid about 2013? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the number one worldwide most downloaded song was in 2013? No idea. Can you guess? Can you guess? No idea. None. It I have was. no guess. It was. Somebody that I used to know. <laughs> Doesn't that just fuck you up? Like, yeah. that fucks me up to this day. Like, were we good? Were we all good in 2013? Were we all just all too comfortable? So we all just experimented with some, you know, some some percussion, you know? Yeah, I, I have to say, I remember 2013. I was happy we got Obama's second term. I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> um, life seemed all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the world seemed pretty, oh you know. World seemed pretty pretty normal and safe then. Our our opposition that we were so mad about was a, a bland, handsome Mormon white man who used the term "binders full of women." That was the most controversial thing that he said. I actually got some unpopular blowback saying like, 
I don't like Mitt Romney. I think he's terrible, but I also don't think he'll be the end of the Republic. Like, no. Yeah. I think he would have been an unbelievably boring cookie cutter, like, you know, like the most boring president maybe we've ever had. Right. And he would, he would be like your bland CEO from your company who looks you dead in the eyes and smiles that like blank TV smile while he says like, you're fired. I don't care how you're going to feed your kid, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, and a return to that isn't the worst thing. Um, <laughs> it, it, it isn't the worst thing. And like politics being boring. Yeah. Let's just say, I think most people would prefer their politics to be boring and effective. Yep. Um, that politicians are arguing over the fine points of uh, legislation about like the exact funding levels for like snap. Right. <laughs> People, I think, would be okay with that, uninspired by it, but okay with it, because it would mean that the world wasn't going to lurch on its axis and threaten to, like, throw us all into space on a moment's notice. Um, And that's, honestly, like, maybe it's a sign of my increasing um, lack of hope for the future. Uh, But, like, I would love for that to happen. I would love for politics to be boring for a while. And I would love to turn the TikTok mob onto people like actual Republicans in goddamn Congress who are having full on debates about whether or not we should allow people on food stamps to get roasted, like hot roasted chickens, right? Like, I need the kids to see how petty it gets when we're not paying attention. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this special episode. And this is a pretty, this is again weirdly pretty good day Um, (laughs) i didn't expect it to be this good i thought that things were going to be a lot worse me too yeah so (laughs) sarah um thank you so much for this uh where where can people find you and your wonderful hot honey um you can find me at metalhoney.com that's where you can buy hot honey and all my new products and follow me on tiktok it's a hot tub greenhouse girl we're just deciding that's my mantle so follow me on there and yeah what about you matt where can they find you and your things and your stuff you can you you can find the podcast at perp stew on twitter you can also find us on facebook drop us a line please like subscribe and share the podcast we have had pretty good growth over the last month i've been really really happy uh with the number so please keep that going um we have gotten a new couple new listener hotspots in california in southern california which has been pretty cool so Thank you and, and welcome uh, Stu, to the uh, Stew Army. I don't know. We haven't decided on a, on a fandom <laughs> name. <laughs> Stew Head, Stew Army, Lord knows. I don't Can know. Can we just call them the Chunks? The Chunks. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the Chunks. Welcome to the Chunks. Um, and uh, <laughs> as, as we get, as we immediately get a cease and desist from Eddie Murphy's, you know, lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Please don't. We're 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 still messing around with it. We haven't decided on anything. Uh, Eddie, please please don't don't sue us. Um, but this has been the Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman, and I'm Sarah Merle. And until next time, stay curious. Bye.